0: It's been a busy week for soccer around the world, and we have some intriguing Major League Soccer storylines as we head into Week Three. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivas Galarsa. What's cracking, man?
1: Nothing much, Garrett. It's a crazy week, busy week in the soccer world. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, last weekend was great with Week Two and NYCFC kicking things off. But now we are now we'll have the other side of this. Uh, MLS New York uh, standoff here as the New York Red Bulls return to action at Red Bull Arena mm-hmm. in one of the games that are going to make for a pretty special rivalry weekend all around the world.
0: Yes, it's uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see what's going to happen this weekend, Ivis, with the New York Red Bulls fans if they're going to get behind uh, Jesse Marsh, if they're also going to get behind the team. Yes, they'll get behind the team because they'll support the players, but it's going to be kind of intriguing to see this storyline develop because you know last week you have such a great debut for NYCFC, picking up a 2-0 victory over New England Revolution, and now this week on the other side of the river, uh, it's just going to be intriguing to see what's going to happen and how and what the reaction is going to be from the fans, just kind of the overall environment. I, I know the match is about five minutes from from your house, so, so you're going to be there, but it's just going to be interesting to see how everything's going to play out.
1: Well, Garrett, it's uh, DC and the Red Bulls, it's a never boring matchup. It's never boring, but now on top of that, you have the whole subplot. Of Jesse Marsh making his home debut as as uh, Red Bulls head coach, and it, it's it should there should be some drama there. There should be some uh, uh, tension. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans who are not who still aren't happy at the fact that uh, Mike Becky was let go, and uh, you're already kind of hearing rumblings that there's you know that could be a walkout. Uh, fans can walk out of the game, which is a little crazy when you think about. I mean, I understand. Look. There's people who are definitely really not happy about Pecky getting let go, and there are a lot of people who will look at Marsh as kind of part of this problem now uh, of this overhaul that maybe some people feel wasn't wasn't needed. Uh, but you know, talking to Jesse Marsh on Wednesday, he 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 doesn't sound like he's losing a lot of sleep over it. He he just believes that if he can turn the team into a winner, if he can make the team into a uh, a, a one worth supporting, that eventually fans will hopefully come around. And we'll see on Sunday. We'll see if uh, we'll see what that initial reaction is, and if he's gonna, if they're gonna give him a chance, or if they're just gonna, you know, walk out of the stadium, uh, which I think is a little crazy, just because it's a rivalry. You're playing DC United, yeah. your your biggest rival. Uh, it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I, at some point you have to support the sh- the shield, right? The crest. You have to support the club. Obviously, no one's saying you have to be happy with everything the club does, but. Uh, when it comes down to it, and it's a rivalry game, the biggest rival is in your stadium. To walk out, I think that w- I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't know if I'd be a big fan of that move, but we'll see. We'll see how how the reaction is, and uh, we'll see if this Red Bulls team can play well enough to kind of ease some of the booze and ease some of the discontent uh, at Red Bull Arena. Well, it's gonna be more difficult
0: for the Red Bulls this weekend, and you add to the headaches that they have. Roy Miller is going is out for the game. He, that that is for sure. He will not be playing this weekend. Also, Ronald Zubar, I his status is up in the air. And you know, we've already talked about this before. I mean, Red Bull defense, not the deepest squad in MLS, and, and to have two guys out already. I mean, that that to me is is even more of a bigger headache for Jesse Marsh as he heads into this weekend.
1: Well, that's going to be a tough one. Obviously, you know they brought in Ronald Zubar to be the anchor in the back. He was supposed to be the leader uh, of that defense, and now he's out and now it looks like they're going to start Matt Miasko the young uh, US under 20 central defender and i you know as much as you know the kid has a lot of talent a lot of potential i mean i don't know if he's ready for this kind of setup uh, this kind of uh responsibility and, and and we'll see now i mean i know i know Jesse Marsh has, has high praise for Miasco. he wants to bring him along he wants to speed up his development because he sees him as someone who could eventually develop into that leader of a defense that that star center back and yeah, he, he still has some growing to do. But this is going to be one of those kind of games that is going to give him that experience. So we'll see how he does. We'll see because that, that, that's DC is by no means an easy, an easy matchup for him.
0: Um, when you look at DC though, Ivis, uh, with their stout defense, I mean, do you give any chance to New York? At, I mean, yes, I, I understand New York is at home and this is a rivalry game. But do you, does it feel like kind of like the, the cards are stacked against New York? at all does, does it kind of feel like that kind of just with the way dc's defense is set up and then new york has all these has all these injuries are going to have to have a, a different starting 11 that they've had for the previous two weeks
1: i don't really see it as as dc being some sort of unstoppable or, or or impenetrable juggernaut of a defense i mean they have a good defense but the red bulls have a pretty good attack red, you know bradley Wright phillips uh makes things happen you have uh obviously sasha questions come in lloyd sam uh felipe martins they 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 have players in their attack who can create chances i don't think create i don't think it's going to be a case of them struggling to create chances i think they will create chances i think the big question is how will their defense stack up against dc united's attack because i think the red bulls will score goals and i think they'll try to pressure dc and really try to press dc the question is how will that back line hold up once dc has the ball once dc's on the counter mm-hmm. once you have their attackers coming at you because you know again going getting back to it uh Ronald Zubar's out Roy Miller's out that's half your center backs i mean that's half your defense right there so i know Kamar Lawrence the new uh, signing for the uh, for the Red Bulls might plug in there at left back and then Miyasa goes in at center back is that group going to be good enough and and we'll see because i tell you what if they get off to a rough start if they lose this game that's only going to – it's going to kind of snowball a little bit. It, it, on, uh, fairly or unfairly, it's going to snowball a little bit. And that's the pressure that Jesse Marsh has to face that's a little unique in that he has to play in the shadow of Mike Pecky's uh, uh, legacy. And he is not Mike Pecky, folks. He is not going to be Mike Pecky. I don't think Jesse Marsh is going to roll out of, the, out of the locker room wearing a cardigan. Uh, rocking the uh you know rocking the my pecky look. He is not my pecky. He doesn't try to be my pecky. He's his own guy. He's uh you know if he's anybody, he's definitely a Bob Bradley disciple. I mean anyone who's been around Bob Bradley a lot, a lot if you're around Jesse March and you listen to Jesse Marsh talk, you hear a lot of Bob Bradley there. And and and, and, and rightfully so. Bradley coached him in college. Bradley coached him with the Chicago Fire. He, he he was his assistant in D.C. and he brought Jesse Marsh over to to the to Chivas USA. So big influence from Bradley on Marsh as a coach. But Marsh is Marsh is not Mike Pecky. Marsh has this opportunity now to make his mark on this team and show these fans the team he's trying to build. And uh, for me, I mean, look, I'm. I, it's easy, probably easy for me to say. Look, I'm not a Red Bulls fan. I'm not, I'm not I'm a my Pecky fan. There are people who love my. There's Red Bull fans who love my Pecky, love him to death because he bled red for the Red Bulls. So they're still angry. But I tell you what, folks, Jesse Marsh might not be a bad coach. He might even turn out to actually be a pretty good coach for them. So we'll see how long it takes those fans to turn around if they do.
0: Well, I, look. I, as we all know, winning helps mask everything. If New York can go out and pick up a victory over D.C., that will obviously help out the situation. Uh, moving up and staying in the Eastern Conference, Montreal, New England scoring off this weekend. New England, look, notoriously horrible under Jay Heaps to start the season. Going into this weekend, if you're a New England fan, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Man, we got Montreal on two days rest. Great opportunity for us to turn around." Wrong. Jose Gonzalez and Kevin Alston are out. Adding to more problems on that defensive back line, who are still trying to find some organization. Uh, Montreal is going to be tired, but I just mean, this is this is a good opportunity for New England to kind of be able to shake off some of those cobwebs that they've had here to start the season. Maybe kind of take advantage of a, of a tired Montreal side for New England. I mean, they had to be licking their chops, even though they're going to be missing some key players on defense.
1: Well, this is a prime opportunity and prime example of of, of catching a team when they're hungover, and you got you know. Montreal, and I don't mean literally hungover, I mean figuratively hungover, Montreal, they have to be riding high after that win, um, be, uh, the, the Champions League which were, uh, win, which we're about to talk about in a minute, but uh, to be on short rest and to have that focus on the Champions League, Montreal's going to pretty much have to sacrifice this game, and given the fact that New England needs the points, given, uh, you know, look, it's, not, it's March, right, so it's not necessarily a must-win, but if you're New England, this is the kind of game you have to win, and... Just to just to point out, before everyone goes too crazy about the zero and two start, it was definitely an unenviable start schedule wise for them. When they have to go to Seattle, which is one of the toughest places to play, and then you have to go to New York for the home opener in New York with all the drama and 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 energy that that NYCFC was going to have in that. Um, it, it, it's it's. It was always going to be a tough start. So so I know people should not get too crazy and all of a sudden start saying that or thinking or suggesting that New England's not one of the better teams in the league. I still say they are one of the better teams in the league. I know they missed Jermaine Jones. I know Lee Wynn has just made his way back, so he could take some time to get back to his old his old self. But this is the kind of game they should, they should absolutely be able to win, even with their defense being in the shape that it's in because I don't think Montreal's attack – is necessarily going to be firing on all cylinders after the short rest. So this is the kind of game New England has, uh, can win and absolutely should win.
0: I definitely agree. It's it's and it's you know the one thing is in Jay Heaps as, as I mentioned, it, New England always seems to get off to these slow starts. i and as we determined with Major League Soccer last year, I mean think what New England was zero and two to start the two thousand fourteen season and they end up in MLS Cup. So it, it's a long season and a lot can change, but. You know, when you when you watch New England right now, I, guess, I mean, it's not like the team had all this turnover. I mean, what has kind of stood out to you as the problems? Where you know, why is Lee Wynn ineffective? Juan Agudelo, I know he's still trying to find his legs. You know, how long is it going to take him? Andrew Farrell, I mean, he's still adjusting the center back. Um, I mean, what is kind of the main thing with this team that's kind of not being able to get them at a hundred
1: percent? It settled down, man. It's not that serious. I just said it's two games. They played and they played a very unenviable schedule. Two road games. One. Seattle which is Seattle at home Seattle's a tough team. One of the tough, best teams in the league. And then you go play NYCFC in their home opener in Yankee Stadium with all the emotion that's there. That right off the bat is tough as it as it gets, right? Then you're missing Jermaine Jones. You're missing your best player. That's two. Third, you didn't even have Lee win for the first game. The NYCFC game was his first game. So, I don't know if I'd say he's slumping, he just got back. So, it, it's just it, it, it's all those things put together. That have led to this slow start. So, I mean, it's not deeper than that. I mean, it's pretty simple. So, I think New England will be okay. And whether it's this week or next week, they will get going again. It's just a matter, it's just a question of will they stop the bleeding this game and take these three points that are there for them to take, even though their defense is hurt, even though half, their, uh, half of their back line uh, is going to miss this game? They still have enough weapons. I mean, there's just no, yeah, you want Agudelo. Lee Wynn uh Kellen Rowe and another one Till Bunbury. he he didn't start uh this past match uh, he didn't he didn't dress he was injured so right there there's another another player they were missing so if New England uh, every anyone who thinks it's like panic time in New England I think you should calm down I think they're going to be okay but that being said this is a game they should take
0: and New England should also have Charlie Davies coming back too which will help them out on the other side of the ball Montreal Impact Ivis as as we mentioned uh, picking up a what, what what looked a couple weeks ago as a very improbable win, um, defeating Alahuans 2-0 to at home. Montreal is just the, putting together a fabulous run right now in CONCACAF Champions League. They're one match away. Iverson appearing in the final will be the first team from Real Salt Lake. Ignacio Piatti, who continues to impress with Montreal, he picked up the opening goal. Victor Cabrera. Picks up another goal in, I mean, Ivis-Montreal. I mean, this is just very impressive just to see them being able to turn it on at CONCACAF Champions League. And, uh, I mean, look, they're in the driver's seat right now, Ivis. Great opportunity for them to go down to Costa Rica and be able to, to pick up a victory. I mean, great
1: opportunity. Uh, it's, it's a per- it, everything's set up perfectly for Montreal right now. They, they, they went out, they had the kind of game they needed to have, 2-0 at home. You get the home shutout. Now you're going back to Costa Rica in good position, and I'll be the first to say I didn't. Once Justin Map was injured, I thought they would really have problems. I thought I thought their attack would struggle to generate chances. But hey, Cameron Porter gets in there, starts for them, big factor for them, and now it's there for them. It is absolutely there for them. But hey, you can't count your chickens when it, in, when you're in Concacaf. We've seen it before. Teams go down uh down south of the border and they and they struggle, whether you whether in Mexico, Central America, it's not an easy ride. And I do think it's interesting that uh, you know, when we also like made the run to the final, they had to go to Costa Rica. They had to go to Saprissa uh, Saprisa and uh and hold off uh Deportivo Saprisa in the semifinal. Similar setup. Uh it took a Hamas Nolave if I remember correctly, James Nolave goal to kind of give give them the breathing room to get out of there. So I think they're going to face serious pressure uh, down there. I mean, anyone who remembers what what Walenset uh, did to D.C. United down there, let's not forget now. What did he what, what did he get, four goals? Five goals. Five, five, five goals. Five, five, five to two. Right. They scored five goals on D.C. United's defense. So say what you want. Obviously, the goalkeeper uh, didn't help anything. Bill Hamid was out, um, so they were down to their backup, and he didn't. Uh, Andrew Dexter did not, uh, did not do his part. So... Obviously, that's a little tough for D.C., but if you're Montreal, you have to be feeling really good, riding high. There's no reason you can't go there and hold things down. Just don't get overwhelmed by them because, look, Alabama does have a da- they have a dangerous attack. Their fans definitely give them that push <coughs> with that home crowd, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I think Montreal can do it now. I mean, I wouldn't have said after first leg. I didn't think their attack would generate the chances to score goals at home, Not, but now they have the two goals, and and we'll see what they do. We'll see if their defense can hold up.
0: And bringing it back to MLS on Saturday, Portland will be taking on Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City. Uh, Ivis, you have two totally different teams. Um, This is going to be an interesting game for Sporting Kansas City because they'll be taking on Portland, who kind of almost, you could say, is kind of mirrored FC Dallas to kind of start the season with a very quick and aggressive high-speed counterattack. Sporting Kansas City, Ivis, still trying to find an identity, still trying to figure things out. Um, It's going to be a tough matchup, I think, for them at home against Portland this weekend.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Garrett. These two teams, when they play each other, we usually get fireworks. We usually get a pretty exciting match, and I think we're going to see that again. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say KC's in a world of trouble. I think if you think about the matches that they've had this year, if Dom Dwyer finished his chances, their, their season would be going a lot differently right now. And he, I think he knows that. I think anyone who has watched them knows that. I mean, that FC Dallas game. Uh, a couple of things go a few different ways. If if the if the linesman didn't take a nap when half of FC Dallas' team was offside uh, on that second-blast Perez goal, and if Dom Dwyer scores the penalty that he had saved, then you're talking a different game, right? It's a tie game. Uh, but look, credit to FC Dallas. They did what they had to do. Uh I think KC, you know, they they're 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 figuring some things out, but I think they're gonna be fine. I mean, I think they have they they're getting Matt Beasler back. Uh and I think their attacks creating chances. I think Benny Fail creating chances. Roger Espinoza is putting putting up some absurd numbers. I mean, he's leading midfielders in in I think every every possible kind of defensive midfielder stat you could ask. Recoveries, uh interceptions, tackles. I mean, he the guys he's all over the place. He's a machine. So I, I think it's going to come together for them, and again, this is a tough matchup. Portland, uh, even the, and you look at Portland, right? They're missing Valeri, Will Johnson. Uh, they 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 were missing Diego Chara. I mean, that's their entire midfield uh, triangle absent. And even with that, they still managed to play play well, create chances. Darnell Nagby stepped his game up. Fernando Adi is 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 a beast. I mean, I, I and no other way to say it. So. This is going to be a great matchup. I want to see Beaster versus Adi. Can he handle him? Uh, Dom Dwyer will that uh, Borchers be able to handle Dom Dwyer? Some great, great, great matchups in this one. Um, and I think both look both these teams need, need, can you really use three points right now? So I think that's going to add a little more to it. So I, I, I tell you what, of all the games, mm-hmm. if you ask me one game, I, I want like I'll be at the Red Bull game. But if you ask me a game I'd love to be at, I'd love to be at this KC game because I think that is going to be a great game to watch.
0: Do you? Uh who do you think is going to walk away with the victory?
1: Well, I think Casey being at home, I think that helps. I think Dwyer is kind of chomping at the bit now. He's he's missed some chances for two straight games. I think this is the game where he gets off the mark. I think he finds the net. I think Casey wins at home. I think it's Portland. I think Portland, I like Portland. I think they're a good team, but I just think Casey will will sort things out. Matt Beezer's return will help them, and I think Dom Dwyer gets a few goals.
0: Okay, I think Portland's going to I think Poland's going to come away with three points on this one. I, th- I think Darlington Nabby's just going to run all over Sporting Kansas City.
1: <laughs> okay. It's entirely possible. So are we doing predictions now? You didn't do predictions for the I first guess couple we, I games, guess we so didn't. I we, have to, we have to – <laughs> now we have to rewind. You decide three <laughs> games in. You want to do the predictions. <laughs> there you go. Red Bulls, D.C. Do you want to do a prediction for
0: that? Uh, Red Bulls will hey, win that one. Give me a score. Uh, uh, Two to one.
1: Two to one. All right. Uh, i agree i'll go red bulls to the one as well and
0: then and, uh, new, what about new england montreal two nil new england i'm gonna say it's gonna be scoreless
1: okay okay
0: so okay all right so we'll keep doing pretty okay so moving on the next game i have a san jose uh chicago fire san jose will be making their home debut in their beautiful brand new stadium you couldn't ask for a better opponent sorry chicago fire you are pretty much the sacrificial lamb this weekend
1: they're the homecoming opponent. Yeah. Uh, they're the team that like in, in college sports when you you know you, you want to you make vi- sure you, you have a victory. Yeah, you yeah, you want an easy win so you can <laughs> celebrate the weekend. And that's that that's kinda it's kinda, you know, it's it's a subtle, not so subtle uh designation. I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that they're not playing uh that, that San Jose's not playing a playoff team. It's almost like they asked San Jose, hey San Jose, who would you like to play? Who would you like to play in your first game? At your stadium. And who else but the Chicago Fire? A, because they're not that good. B, because Frank Yallop is the coach there. So that adds to the, you know, you can have him there as well. Because he looked, to be fair, he had his part in the history of San Jose as well. In their in their first uh, incarnation, you know, he, he led them to MLS Cup titles. So he he deserves to be there. So I think from that standpoint, you know, all jokes aside, it's a nice touch that he's there. But I don't think the Earthquakes are going to mind playing the Fire of all teams. Because the Fire have just been absolutely atrocious first weeks of the season. I agree. Uh, When you
0: look at San Jose, though, I yes, it's only two games into the season, and we don't want to hype anything up. But, I mean, after that victory over Seattle last week, uh, Innocent Imigara, Chris Wondolowski, I mean, San Jose has some weapons up top. I I know we said it's only two weeks into the season, though, but, I mean, have you been impressed so far with San Jose?
1: Well, this last game was impressive. I mean, the Seattle game. How can you not be impressed by them going into Seattle, not only winning, but winning a man down and uh, holding off that attack, that Seattle attack? Uh, the way they did, without Bernardes, without their their big center back, their main center back. So I thought that showed well. I thought Emegara, you know, for, for the way a lot of their signings have pan, not panned out in the last few years international-wise. And I was definitely in that group that was a little skeptical about their DP signing, Innocent Emegara. I thought, oh, here we go, some another random foreign player off the scrap heap who's kind of like, uh, in discount rack signing for the uh, discount DP signing. But I tell you what, man, he looked good, man. He he abused, I tell you what, Brad, I think Brad Evans filed assault charges for getting abused as badly as he did uh, by Emergara in that game. So if you, you it looks like San Jose has given Wondolowski somebody to work with, a good strike partner. And if that's, if that's what he is, if he can play at that level, San Jose might have a chance to make some noise this year. And uh, for this game, sp- sticking to this specific game, uh, we'll have our chance to see, you know, if they can, if they're as good as they showed against Seattle, then mm. they should be o- able to open up a can on Chicago because Chicago is just not that great. So we'll see, we'll see. They'll be at home, they'll be in the new beautiful stadium. Everything will be set up there for a big win, and if if they deliver that big win, then all of a sudden you kind of have to start saying, ah, oh, maybe, maybe San Jose, maybe Dom Kinnear, maybe the Dom Kinnear reconstruction plan is ahead of schedule.
0: Well, moving down the uh, the coast and looking at L.A., they'll be playing host to the Houston Dynamo. I think L.A. is on a—I think there are over 20 matches now. was undefeated at the StubHub Center. Uh, being able to host the Houston Dynamo, this, likes, this looks like they'll be able to extend that streak. Dynamo have just have had a very slow start to start the season. The offense really isn't sparking there, and uh, I think it's going to be a tall task for them to go into L.A. and be able to walk away with any points at all this weekend.
1: Right, I mean, Houston. Even though Houston's one and one, I know some people might look at it and say, "Why are you bagging on Houston? They're one and one. They're a pun. They're a, They're an own goal away from being unbeaten." But anyone, I mean, if you've watched them play, you know they haven't exactly impressed. They haven't looked that great. I mean, they've had some flashes, uh, some moments when it was, you know, when they looked okay. But I tell you what, for the most part, uh, it's been pretty drab. It's been pretty sleepy, and uh, their attack is just not like
0: looks it. I think Houston only has three shots on goal all season long, Ibis. I know it's that's only two crazy. games, but that's that's pretty bad.
1: That's crazy. And and I mean, I've been saying it for a while. It's not just about Eric Kubotores needing to show up. They their midfield needs a little more dynamism. And that no no no, no pun oh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> pun intended right? Uh, it, 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 they're the they're called the Dynamo, but their midfield's not that dynamic. I mean, and the thing is, right? You would think with Boniac. And 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 Brad Evans and Brad Evans Brad Davis Davis and Boniac should be able to generate chances, but I don't know if Clark Garrido in your middle when you have those two in the middle, if it if you have enough creativity and uh, because look Garrido at the end of the day he's just a bulldog he's just a grinder he's giving you nothing in the attack Ricardo Clark can through his career. Has been able to uh, you know pop up at times and score a goal here or there, but is he a guy who's delivering a ton of key passes, a ton of incisive passes to to unlock defense? No, he's not that guy. So you look at this team and and you have, almost have to ask yourself: Are you are you at this point uh, just uh, resigned to the fact that this is going to be an ugly team to watch? And and if it is, it's a little unfortunate. Um, you know, did Owen, is Owen Coyle is he just going to uh, trot out a team that can be tough and grind uh but not necessarily create chances i mean i don't know if that's going to be fun for houston fans to 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 watch and i don't know if that's going to be successful in this league i think you need to be able to create some chances and we'll see against la a very tough defense what this houston uh, attack can do because as much as they struggled in these first two games uh this la defense is a whole different ball game i mean this is a one of the best defenses in the league so uh, I think they, I think they're going to be in trouble. I think LA is going to cruise in this one. I think LA is going to not have any trouble putting them away. I think it's going to be a romp. I think it could be. Uh, I don't, you know, depending on if Raul Rodriguez plays. I mean, if he's healthy, the the, the defender, the Spanish defender, it helps their defense a, uh, a bit uh, considerably, I'd say. Uh, without him, they're going to get blown out. I think. I think it could be three 0 I think it'd be something unless Tyler Derrick stands on his head again. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget, the Columbus Crew probably blow out Houston if not for Tyler, Tyler Derrick in the opener. So. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go L.A. I'm going to go again 2-0. I think L.A. cruises.
0: Yeah, I'm same boat as you. I'll, I'll go I'll go 3-0. I'll, I'll one-up you, Ivis. Uh, on tonight, on Friday night, Philadelphia Union will be playing host to FC Dallas. Uh, for the Union, Christian Maidana is out, Ivis. He's been kind of the, the key to the engine for the Union. Yes, uh, Fernando Aristigueta has had a good start for them. But, look, if you're watching the Union, you know Maidana has been kind of the, the key for the Union so far this season. Uh with him out, I think that really hurts Philadelphia and, and I think FC Dallas is gonna run wild all over Philadelphia tonight.
1: Garrett, have you been uh working on your pronunciations, man? I think I, I sense a little uh I don't know, you got a little fancy there with Aristigueta, uh, like you uh, I just, Maidana. I just, I just like saying his last name. Is it, that it's his so name it's so
0: it? appealing coming off Aristigueta. Ar- 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 I don't know, maybe Ar- maybe Ar- I'm Ar- getting better. Ar- I don't know.
1: Aristigueta. You honest, did you get? Oh, did you order Rosetta Stone or something? No, something I did not. <laughs> secret. All right. Well anyway. Uh no, nah, look, I don't think look, Philly, they're at home. They're tough at home. I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to run wild on them. I think it's actually going to be a pretty good matchup. So, Maidana, that's a big that, that's going to hurt. I do agree that with that because he's been really uh good for them the first two weeks. He's mm-hmm. actually I was looking at stats the other day and uh he actually leads the league through the first two weeks uh, in, in chances created. So he's really been uh, been effective on that front. But I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right. I think their defense is, is is pretty solid. I think Vincent Noguera can kind of move up the field and be more of a creator. I think he can fill that gap. Uh, and I'll tell you what. The matchup I really want to see in this one is Marisa Du versus um, Mauro Diaz. I, I, did, uh, I did my piece for Goal.com um that dropped this morning and and i rattled off the five matchups to watch this weekend and this one probably for me is one of the more exciting ones to watch because look moro diaz is is, is, he's electric he is a creator he's a guy who can unlock a defense with a pass uh he's exactly the kind of guy houston needs actually uh but marisa do man he marisa do will lock you down marisa do uh, is going to pester him and try to neutralize him, and I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. Dallas, uh, you know, I know they're two and zero to start the season, but I wouldn't say they're this unstoppable force. I think no, they're
0: they, not. They've, they're they're they've still shown... trying to figure things out.
1: Well, look, if they bring the linesman with them from last week, that'll help <laughs> uh, as a starting point. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think look, Philly. I think they're de- defensively they'll be able to contain Dallas. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think it could be a 1-0 or a 1-1. I'm going to go Philly. I think Philly at home, I think they're going to get it done. And maybe we'll see Risenboli uh actually earn his earnest his keep and earn his standing as a, you know, World Cup player. Uh maybe he'll actually get up in the air and catch a ball. He's unbelievable, man. He like he's I'm, unbelievable in a negative way. Like he he'll make a a reaction save that'll that'll top any highlight reel. But if you send the cross in it's like he runs for his life. The guy, like, uh, like the nickname that that came to mind when I when I just watching this guy play is uh, is afraid to rise and That's his new nickname for me. I've created it. It's not it's not my best work, but I'm gonna go with that. Uh, but we'll see what he can do, man. They, he needs to start really showing what he can do. Is showing that he is he should be one of the best goalkeepers in this league. Because if he's not, then it was it was absolutely stupid to bring him in. Because I mean I I like you I don't know I'm still maybe in that minority that thought Zach Math was okay was coming along as a player and then you just kind of you know threw him under the bus got rid of him and brought in this guy And Mboli. Mboli needs to start playing like the like the World Cup player we've seen him be so we'll see what he do we'll see what he can do
0: uh, Orlando will be playing host to the Vancouver Whitecaps I'm, I'm going to go out and limb Ivis and say that probably
1: Vancouver to
0: Orlando has to be the longest flight for any of the teams in the league I mean that that's crazy to go from one side of the country to the other regardless though the game orlando last week against houston they did come away with a victory not the greatest performance from them uh kaka was neutralized but look let's face it you can't do that every single weekend um at home ivis i mean do you give good chance to orlando
1: it's tough man it's tough when you have to go that far uh travel travel that far i mean we've seen the stats through the years that you know east coast teams heading west uh generally speaking and i know it's you you don't it's not always necessarily with the travel because the west is just tougher than the east so that skews things a bit Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i think this could this could kind of be one of those letdown games i think vancouver um they they got a little they gained a little confidence from that win in chicago even though it wasn't you know a masterpiece by any means uh but i think this there's there's some good matchups in this one uh you know we're talking about matchups and Kaka versus Matias Laba is going to be fun to watch because Kaka, man, the guy still got it. The guy is still a magician, even though he struggled a bit last last week. But again, part of that I think was Houston devoting multiple numbers to try to deal with Kaka. And 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 what's easy to forget is on a day when Kaka quote unquote struggled, he had a free kick stopped by a save the week, and he had another uh, potential goal off a beautiful run saved by a pretty good save by uh, by by um, Tyler Derrick. So. It, it, he could have had a couple goals on, on an off day, so that just shows you the, the, the caliber of player he still is. Uh, I think Matias Lava, one of the most for me, still uh, one of the most underrated players in the league. I think the guy is a beast. I think he's the type the type of player that can sh- not shut down Kaka, but will make things tougher for Kaka. Uh, I'm going to go Vancouver. I think I think Vancouver's at home uh, gets it done. I think Pedro Morales will have, will have himself a game, and I'm going to go two one. I'm going to go two one Whitecaps.
0: Uh, in the final game of the weekend, Colorado-NYC.
1: Hey, am I the only one doing predictions? Oh, games? I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with Orlando in this one.
1: Are you just trying to gain points by like, picking opposite of me? I like this. I like.
0: No, this. I, I'm going to go with Orlando.
1: You're, you're the one who just rattled off this whole spiel about the long flight and blah, blah, blah. And now you're picking Orlando. I like it. I like I'm going it.
0: with Orlando. Uh, in the final matchup of the weekend. I just got to go ahead, too. I guess you, you should know that at this point. Uh, Colorado will be playing host to NYC fc uh the jason christ he's played at this high altitude before i think it's hilarious that this has become a storyline but i'm sure he'll have his players prepared the bigger question for me though ivis is colorado what type of starting 11 can we see i mean what is pablo gonna do it's it's like playing roulette almost every single weekend with colorado and who we will see on the field
1: pablo really He's your boy now. What's going on, Garrett? Is
0: it? You know how it is, man. Those Arizona connections run deep.
1: Oh, he's from Arizona. That's right. right, Sorry, Thunderbird
0: High School. All
1: right, I'm sure there's a bro hug there. You guys, is there a secret handshake that I should know about? There's multiple secret handshakes. All right, well that explains a lot. But uh, (laughs) nah, yeah, I'll say what Colorado. um, You know, the, the altitude is tough, man. I mean, it's bad. You know, Colorado has been a pretty bad team for for a bit now, but I mean, it's still tough a tough place to play. Tough place to go. My question is: Will Colorado have any players left for the weekend, or will they have sold them all? Uh, kidding aside, uh, they sold Deshaun Brown to Valerenga, uh, which I'm still looking at it and like, all right, why? Like, did they need to sell the guy? Couldn't they keep him? Do, are they that stacked it forward? Uh, no, but they're then you'll not. Have to, they're not. They're really not. I, they who's gonna rep-
0: Who's gonna replace ten consistent goals a year for them? That's Dominique,
1: that's Dominique Abadji, the however late round pick uh, rookie for them uh no i don't think he's. <laughs> I, I just
0: but. that we'll talk about that a little bit but but sorry i was good but come game, on gabby
1: game. gabby torres Gab- gabriel torres man he had a whole he had like one whole goal last year he's, he'll do it i uh, know no, no. all right yeah all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah here we go all right nycfc coming off the big win will they be able to to take that momentum go out to the rockies and get a result in altitude uh is this a story i mean the the altitude thing i, I had noticed that that anyone was playing that up is, was, is that was that getting play this week i, I yeah. saw it a few other places but i feel well, like you, you, I feel you like gotta that's stop like... reading sketchy sites man i know, I know, know specific... I, well i read a lot of i, like f- name, I read, I read a lot of things sketchy, but...
0: i read a lot of things that's why i read right. i read multiple websites right not well, just I... not just soccer by ivis
1: SBI soccer? Oh, your? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. SBI soccer. Oh, okay. I keep forgetting. Yeah. See, I'm I'm old school.
0: Yeah. I think be, I'm I'm
1: you know. It's I'm, fine. You're not alone. Trust me. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people still still call it that, but which is fine. Um, David Villa, he'll be okay. I don't think David Villa is gonna you know collapse, grasping his chest like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll be fine. Um, Ned Grabavoy, he played it. He played it. Real Salt Lake. Chris Winger, Real Salt Lake. I mean, these guys. It'll be okay. I I don't think the altitude is going to be the issue there. Um. But it's still going to be a tough place to play. I think New York goes there, and I think they win on the road. I think they, I think V is just going to be a beast. And and if he does get tired, even before he gets tired, first half he'll put a couple of goals in. Yeah, I'm going to go three one. I'm going to go three one and and look, road teams is tough, but I go NYCFC three to one. They're going to roll. I agree. I, I just Colorado at home.
0: It Colorado's still a mess, man. They have a, they have a lot of problems they need to figure out. I'm with you. I think three one NYCFC. Um, moving on, Ivis, to some Major League Soccer news. Um, reports are coming out that Cristiano Ronaldo is planning an MLS move in 2018 on a free transfer. I mean, pocket this for something three years down the road. But um, when I saw this, I couldn't help but giggle. I-, I mean, look, is there any serious to this at all? Or is this just one of those, yeah, I'd love to come to MLS when I'm done playing. I- that That's how I kind of perceive this.
1: I mean, I don't know how how... Li- how uh rock solid these plans are is it something that he's considering i'm sure sh- like i'm sure he's considering i mean who who would really be surprised about Cristiano ronaldo wanting to come here later in his career i mean that that shouldn't surprise anybody i mean for me like i i, I mean i wrote a piece in january saying that people shouldn't laugh this stuff off because at that point in his career he, you would think he will have done everything there is to do why not come to America? Come, you know, go to Hollywood, live, you know, live it up, be a, become a movie star, take that transition, uh, and then, and also, you know, try to do his thing on the soccer field while he still, you know, he'll still have some <laughs> some some miles left on. Oh yeah, him. yeah, he'll, uh-huh.
0: he'll, yeah. His secondary will be soccer. The first one will be, you know, being that movie star. That's Listen.
1: The, yeah. With a skill, with his ability, <laughs> I mean, I think MLS will take a a distracted Cristiano Ronaldo if they can have him. So it, it doesn't it wouldn't shock me at all. I actually I I had him coming in 2017. Um, you know, I think by that point at the end of his contract, if they want to let him go or if MLS wants to pony up a little money, uh, to bring him in earlier to bring him in uh, before, um, 2018. I, I, th- I see him coming here. Put it, this way. put it this way: If you're asking me right now to put money down on Ronaldo playing in MLS at some point in his career, yes, I will put that bet down. Just like I, I put the I put the bet down with Beckham, I put the bet uh, the bet down with Henri, and I put the bet down with Kaká. I, I you know, some of these guys you kind of just know. You can look at, at them and, and and their careers, and you say that guy I could see coming to play here. Frank Lampard, I, you know, you could you could definitely see Lampard coming here. So I think it's I think he's gonna come. But as far as the 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 the, the how how etched in stone the plans are mm-hmm. at this point, I don't know. I, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, you know credit to Grant Wall, he 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 has his sources that tell him that this is kind of that this is something that Ronaldo is is thinking about doing or is planning to do. How solid that is, how how solid those plans are, no one knows. So, uh, I don't think anyone should go buying the Ronaldo jerseys just yet. But no, they shouldn't. I don't think any, no, but I think I, I'm sure some already did. I'm sure yeah. some already have the L A F C. Uh, LAFC Ronaldo jersey it's happening he's going to LA i am telling you right now 2017 ronaldo summer 2017 ronaldo will be playing for LA. will sure be LA? On-
0: why, why not why not miami <laughs>
1: yeah well anyway, if miami <laughs> has a team that's then you have a thing but i i, I don't see miami having a team I, neither, do, neither do i Right. I mean, and even no, actually, yeah. I don't think from the timetable standpoint, I don't know if they would be ready by then anyway. Uh, eh, Twenty eighteen, yeah,
0: maybe. M- MLS has rushed things before. I guess. they they can make it happen.
1: I'm gonna go LA. I'm gonna think. I think he's gonna go to LA. Well, wait, we
0: still got <laughs> three three years of speculation. Yeah, it's so. three years. Like, that's, yeah, why, exactly that's why. That's why I was is. laughing. It's like three years. Okay, it's.
1: Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hey, look, you, you know what? It is what it is. I, for me, I try to I try to report on things that are going to happen in the next, in, in like the near future, not three years. That, that's a little uh, predicting the future for me. Yes. Uh, that's that's three years is a long time.
0: Um, I've also some other news around the league. Uh, some actually very sad news. Uh, reports are coming out that Eddie Johnson's re- uh, reportedly facing a uh, a, med- a medical issue, which may prevent him from from playing. You know, hopefully this is nothing too serious, and hopefully a speedy recovery. But just uh, you know, very sad news to see uh, you know a player being hampered by by medical medical condition.
1: It's a heart condition. That was the what the report said. Uh, He has a heart issue reportedly, Um, and and it's unfortunate if that's the case and he can't play again. uh, That'd be pretty uh, a pretty sad end to a career that you know has, has had his ups and downs, but. You always kind of look to see his next up, his next upward motion of his career. And I'll say, man, you know, obviously last year was disappointing. uh, But you always felt like, okay, this year he's going to come back. He's going to score 10 goals. He's going to be mad at the world. And he's going to prove the haters wrong once again. Uh, But unfortunately, at this point, there's doubt there. There's some doubt about whether he'll make it back. And that'll be pretty sad. I mean, say what you want. Love him or hate him. You don't want to see a player's career uh, cut short ever um and and he's a guy who uh he see it, you feel like he's still young right but the reality is he's been around a long time and and, and he, he obviously started young as a teenager he's just been on the scene for so long he's part of the u20s uh he's just been he's been around for what is it a decade now more if not more uh more than a decade so it, it, you know i I hope I hope he can, can he play again. I mean, I think it'd be pretty sad if he if he doesn't play again. Um, like I said, I know there's definitely a school of, there's a group, there's a lot of people out there who don't like him, uh, and there's a lot of people there who do like him. Uh, but he he brings an emotion uh, to fans, positive or negative, and the guy can play when he's on his game. The guy could can play. Mm-hmm. You can't take that away from him. Go back to his time in Seattle. Go back to his contributions in World Cup qualifying. The guy could, he could play when he, he can play when he's on his game. Hopefully he gets, he still gets another chance to play.
0: Uh, we did talk about it before, but uh, Deshaun Brown has been sold to Vol Renga. I believe that's how you say it in Norway. Uh, Ivis, my, my only question is this, with them selling Deshaun Brown, they, they better have a backup plan for someone that they're going to bring in who's going to be able to score consistent goals for them, for Colorado. I mean, I, I hope they have something in place as a backup plan here.
1: That's a, that's a pretty big loss for them. Uh, Uh, and yeah, you ask yourself, why would they do it? Right. And that's, that's like the easy question to ask. Um, but as, (laughs) at the same time, if you have a player who has an opportunity, uh, and you have a player who's coming down toward the tail end of a contract and you could lose him for nothing and you want to potentially gain something, uh, from the sale, uh, you you do it right. You kind of have to, that's just the business of the sport and you have to make up for it. Uh, I don't know how much they got for him. I don't know what the transfer fee is. I can't imagine it's a huge transfer fee. Valorang is not a huge club. Um, so that's that's another reason you look at it and like, why did they have to do this? Uh, but again, you never know what else is in play here. If if he was still a good fit, if Mastroini still saw him as a good long-term fit or not. Or if he, he saw an opportunity to, to, to make some money on the transfer market that they can use then to address other needs. Because as far as I'm concerned, I still think their defense is an issue. I think their defense is still a big question mark. So we'll see what they do with that and and what opportunities it creates for other guys like the rookie Dominic Baji or Gabriel Torres, who obviously is coming off a really disappointing 2014. So I don't think this helps them, but you know what? It does create an opportunity for somebody to step up.
0: And uh, speaking of loans, Danny Cruz is also on his way to Norway, he's been loaned to Bodo Glint um, Sir I butchered that one, Ivis. Uh but this move makes sense for Danny Cruz, though. Uh it was gonna be tough for him to crack the starting eleven for the Philadelphia Union. He's he's coming off an injury. Uh, they've added some pieces. So for Danny Cruz to be able to go overseas, get some playing time, I, I think it was a good move for him.
1: Right. I mean he was just gonna be a bench player for for the union. They pretty pretty much settled on uh Andrew Wanger and Sebastian Latoule as their wide players, and, and you know they can also play Maidana wide. They uh, they have other options now, so it was always going to be tough for him to break in and, and get consistent minutes. So it's good, it's a good step, and you, and you want to see how he does uh, going over there, and if he can kind of parlay that into su- some success. Uh, I think the more you, I like the idea of, of more Americans going to Europe. As much as, <laughs> who, as, who knew? <laughs> as much as you have all these, you know, American players coming back, like uh, you know Altidore, Kleshton, and all those, uh, and, and a player like Mix coming to MLS. But you know what? Let's see what this, this that wave heading the other way. Let's see how they do.
0: Yeah. And moving over to the U.S. men's national team. We're five days away from U.S. versus Denmark. They'll be played in Denmark. And then right after that, on March 31st, U.S. will be taking on Switzerland uh, in Switzerland, both games are in Europe, but that goes without saying. Uh, Ivis, the roster is not out yet. Roster should be released sometime this weekend. We do have an idea of some guys who will be called in. Uh, but for the most part, Ivis, look, this is an opportunity for Jurgen Klinsmann to call in what you could arguably say has been the strongest roster the U.S. has had since the World Cup. It's going to be fun to watch uh, these two friendlies uh, the U.S. will take on in Europe.
1: That's the thing that I don't think people realize. You know, when you when you look back at the, at, at all the struggles of the post World Cup schedule for the U.S. and you look at it, and you say, you know what? When's the last time they had a healthy Josie um Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley uh, all together uh, with with the Bedoya mixed in their They're they they true best potential lineup. This is pretty damn close now. Uh, you you obviously had Josie Altidore who, who took a while to come back from his injury. Then last fall you had games where you know some guys didn't get called in and others didn't. So this is the first opportunity, even though Jermaine Jones is hurt, even though he's not there, and you you, you like to think he's probably a starter if he's there. This is going to be as close to a first choice lineup as you're going to see if everyone's healthy, knock on wood, and no one gets hurt this weekend. Um, so I know I, I'm sure Klinsman's pretty ecstatic at, at the opportunity to have. A full-strength team after struggling last year uh, with some results, with trying some new faces, trying some new guys out. I don't think experimenting is over. I think there's still going to be some experimentation, but I think he is going to focus a little bit more now on his best guys, mm-hmm. on piecing together an eleven. I think this starts at the beginning stages of him figuring out who his best eleven is for the Gold Cup, and uh, so that, that these games are going to be really important.
0: He's going to have to. I mean, the World I mean, sorry, the Cup, not the World Cup, the Gold Cup is, is about three months away, Ivis, and yet the U.S. has tons of friendlies against some of the best teams in the world. Um, we don't know all the players that have been called up. We do know one, though, and we did talk about this a few weeks ago. The goalkeeper and dual national, William Yarbrough, announced that he has been called into camp. Uh, Ivis, is there any chance that we could see him getting some minutes for the U.S.?
1: No, I don't see that. Uh, I, I think that'd be a bit, a bit much to you know yeah it's one thing to call him in have him get get acclimated have have him get to you know know the setup get to know the guy see how he feels see if he's comfortable um but you're not gonna play him i mean you have brad guzan you want to give brad guzan his games i think ramondo will come in if anyone's gonna play ramondo will get his minutes i i, don't, I just think it's a, it, it would be a bit early i mean other positions you can throw a guy out there but goalkeeper i don't think you throw a, new, a brand new goalkeeper in who's never been with the team uh, who will come in on what with two days of training after you know when he come when he shows up on, uh, next week? Uh, I just don't see it happening, but I think it's but I but I do think it's a positive sign that he he got the call up and that it seems like he's accepting the call up. Uh, when we had the round roundtable uh, with Klinsman on Wednesday night in Philly, he you know he he obviously mentioned Yarborough and he mentioned mentioned Vin, uh, Alvarado Ventura Alvarado. So I think the fact that he mentioned both of them at the time, you're looking at like, okay, they're going to get called in because why else would he actually mention these guys if he didn't already have conversations with these guys? So I think the fact that Yarbrough has been confirmed, I think you can pretty much chuck up Ventura Alvarado as also being called in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very interested to see how he does there because uh, he is a guy who, you know what, when you're looking at defensive prospects, he's a young one. He's He's one who could definitely fight his way into that conversation for minutes. So... Uh, I think it's great news. It's it's great to see these the, these players uh, give the U.S. a shot when they have Mexico as that option also. So again, Yarbrough is not cap tied. He is not. Uh, he has he has not made his decision yet. Uh, just because it, he it, accepting this call does not lock him to the U.S. Let's just put it clear clear as day. Uh, but usually, generally speaking, when players join the U.S. when they come into camp and get to be around the U.S. team, they usually stick. I mean, I can't think of, uh, uh, you know, when we're talking senior team now, senior team. I mean, obviously, you, yeah. you've had youth national team players that, you know, have, have crossed to, over to the dark side. <laughs> Nevin Suboltich. Um But, you know, I, I think on the senior side, it, it, the track record is very, very good.
0: Um, well, quickly, before we move on, I was, could we see any other surprises this weekend? Do you think you're going to make, make call in one or two guys that will maybe turn some heads?
1: Full blown surprises? I don't. I don't know. I don't think at this point full blown surprise. I don't think. Like I said, I think the experimenting. I think should be over. You know. I mean, from from the standpoint of uh, someone like Miguel Ibarra, I mean, he's he's not a surprise, but at the same time, you, you know, w- would you necessarily pencil him in as as part of the top group when everybody's available? That will be that will be something to watch if he makes the cut to get called in. Uh, you know Jossie Zardis. He's not that he would be a surprise, but you know what? He's has he really played himself into the full conversation. Obviously, Michael Bradley thought thought so after that that Panama game. A lot of people thought so. So we'll see if Klinsman actually calls those guys in. I want to see some of these European players. Uh, see if if they get opportunities like a Danny Williams, who has been playing really well for Reading in England. He has them into the sem- they're into the semi-finals of the FA Cup. He's doing really well. Um, so he's someone that I'd be, I want to see if Klinsman acknowledges that. And we always, I feel like we've mentioned him a million times, but Eric Lehigh, is he going to get a shot? Nope. He keeps getting, he keeps getting minutes. Um, but it's tough, man. It's going to be tough, especially at fullback. When you look at a guy like Breck Shea, all of a sudden is looking like a very good left back option now that he's playing left back. For Orlando City, and he's on that fast track to learning that position. But you have Tim Chandler playing in in Germany. You have Fabian Johnson now getting minutes in Germany. Uh, So the fullback position, uh, Greg Garza's coming off an injury. You want to see if he comes in or not. Uh, Fullback, all of a sudden, man, Klinsman's got some options at fullback. So I, I think that's exciting to see. Um, but full-blown surprises? Guys that that that, that truly are going to gonna, be like, what? Who? Really? Like, I, I don't know if we're going to see that.
0: No. All right. Well, the roster will come out later this weekend, and uh, Ivis, on the next show, you and I will then break down the entire roster. You talk about crossing over to the dark side, Gideon Zellalim called up by the German U18s. Ivis, what is going
1: on here? Hey, just because they call doesn't mean he has to go, right? And even if he goes, doesn't mean that ties him, so... Uh, I think this is Germany really trying to court the guy. And this is a full-blown uh, recruiting uh, process right now because you have Klinsmann uh, going public saying he could play for the senior team. I mean, anyone who doesn't see that for what it is is blind. I mean, clearly Klinsmann knows that – that, and, and it might not even be about wooing Zellelm because by all accounts and everything I've heard, Zellelm wants to play for the U.S., Right. So then you ask yourself, why would Klinsmann make that kind of bold public statement about Zellin being able to play for the first team? You got me. Is it is it like this subtle hands off to Germany? Is it a, a message to FIFA that you know let him play for us? I don't know what it was for, but it was definitely the time. The fact that the, the timing of things, the timing of of, of Klinsmann coming out and saying this, and then Germany conveniently calling him in, it's not a coincidence um but i you know I, I don't think people should get too crazy about the call up from germany it's a, it's a u18 call up you know it's like it's what they're willing to dangle and if you you have to ask yourself is that really going to sway zelalem when one coach is telling him hey you could play for a full senior team and the other coach is like yeah you could play for u18s I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't i don't i don't see that being what sways him uh, or what can uh get him to change his mind because at this point by all accounts it sounds like he wants to play for the us
0: well, I was keeping our eyes on Europe, the Champions League quarterfinal matchups have been announced. Let's have a, a quick moment for the death of English soccer. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got some intriguing matchups. Uh, PSG taking on Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, uh, Porto Bayern Munich, Juventus and Monaco. Ivis, we, we got some great matchups in the, uh, in the Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch. First leg for all these teams, April 15th, just right around the corner. We got two weeks, and uh, Champions League action is back.
1: Was that the subtle dig at Italian soccer there when you called them who Ventus?
0: Oh, did I? <laughs> hey, look. If if, 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 if if my pronunciation is about at a seventy five percent for the show, I I, I think uh, I think we're doing. Listen, good.
1: you're improving on the Spanish names. I appreciate that. So yeah, the Italian
0: works. the Italian is is still slacking though. One step
1: one step at a time. Yeah, what Well, look, th- I tell you what. This draw talk about a brutal draw for some of these teams. I mean, look, there's always going to be some teams that that uh, are going to come away and say, "Man, we, we got we got we kind of got screwed on this draw." But uh, I don't think fans have been screwed. I think fans have they've been given some pretty good matchups. PSG Barcelona. I mean. I'll I'll be I'll gladly admit I was hoping they would not be drawn against each other because I wanted to see I think I really think that could be a final I think or at least a semifinal. Uh, it's unfortunate that one of these teams will obviously not go through to the semifinals. Now uh, I know my son, my oldest son, is definitely unhappy about this draw because he's a PSG fan and a Barcelona fan, uh, but he's more of a PSG fan. Yeah, so.
0: he has to choose one team to support.
1: Well, here's the thing: he was a Barcelona fan, and then. And then he fell in love with Zlatan Ibrahimović yes, and PSG on FIFA, on FIFA. Oh, because of what? FIFA. Yeah, no, it's, he's, a kid, but he's 11. He, what does he know? All right. So, he, you know, he just he, – that's how kids are. You know, they fall in love with just the most All random right, thing. Yeah. He, he scored goals with Zlatan. He fell – no, it was a combination of FIFA. And then he watched – He ha, I told him to watch the PSG-Chelsea Champions League game. And he watched it. And if you recall, that was one of the most r- amazing, dramatic – Finishes in, re- in in recent memory, and that hooked him. That was it. He was in. He was in at that point. He's all in on PSG now. Have to go buy him a jersey. It's crazy. Um, but no, that th- that matchup is is going to be uh, amazing to watch. And look at Real and Atletico, man. Atletico, Real Madrid has played Atletico Madrid six times uh, this season. They haven't beaten them once. Atletico has had their number this year. Uh, they haven't beaten them since the Champions League final, actually. Funny enough. Uh, But you have two teams in Atletico and Real who are actually not playing that great right now. Uh, They're actually both, you can argue, they're both off form. Uh, Now, they don't play uh, for another three weeks. So, you know, things can change. Maybe they can turn things around. But one way or another, this is going to be a hell of a series because Atletico, Simeone has really, really tapped into how to deal with. Real Madrid, and, and we'll see if he can keep that going. I guarantee you, if there was one team Real Madrid did not want to get in that in that draw, it was at LEGO Madrid. And I was actually, going into this weekend,
0: we, we do have some rivalry matchups. Um, Barcelona taking on Real Madrid in Spain, and then Liverpool, Manchester United. Some uh, some good matchups this weekend.
1: Oh, you can't miss it. Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, you definitely want to watch it, or at least tape it and watch it later. That one's going to be great. Uh, it always is. Uh, and the Liverpool, man, Obviously, historically, that's always been a great rivalry. Uh, They're they're obviously playing for a little different. It's not playing for a title this time around. They're playing for for positions in the top four in in the Premier League. That's going to be one you definitely want to, if not watch those live, you want to tape them and watch them later.
0: And bringing it back home, was uh, The New York Cosmos announced that they will play the Cuban national team on June second. I, I think I read somewhere this is the this is the first time I think fifteen years um, or twenty years I, I can't remember the exact number in my head that that a team sports team from America will go down and play Cuba uh, on Cuban soil. I think this is really cool and uh, and a great move by the New York Cosmos, man. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think this is gonna be pretty awesome.
1: No, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. It's actually the first time since 1999. Thank you. There it when, is. W- when the Baltimore Orioles, that's 16 years since the Baltimore Orioles went down and played there. It's the first time since '99 that a pro-American team has gone down to play. Let's not forget now the U.S. national team played a World Cup qualifier there uh, back in uh, 2008. Um, I I'll never forget that because I was supposed to go and then – I was at ESPN and then the, uh, Cuba like cut in half the number of visas that they were gonna, will, willing to give ESPN so I got screwed out of a trip there. So I definitely want to go back at some point so maybe I'll go back for this game. Uh, it, j- the things you hear just a talk, had a chance to talk to the Cuba national team coach. He's, he's pretty excited and he had some really good things to say about how soccer in Cuba and how the people in Cuba are really falling in love with soccer and they can watch like European soccer. They even watch MLS. They can watch you, Cubans can watch MLS. Uh, they might even be reading SPI. You know what? We might have Cubans be, right yeah, now. They could be listening to Listening the to the show, so hello. If you're in Cuba right now, hola, ¿cómo estás? And then you know maybe they can hit us up on Twitter. I don't know if they have Twitter in Cuba. They probably don't. Not yet, anyway.
0: But uh it's great.
1: It's great. I tell you what, man. It, it, it's I'm excited, man, to see it because you you want to see uh, the relations improve between Cuba and the U.S. Obviously with the embargo now being lifted and all that. So it, it, it's good to see. It's good to see.
0: Yeah, I think it's it, first off, it's just going to be cool to see. Um... Um, images that will come out from from the Cosmos and just kind of – I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really cool. Um, Looking at the U.S. women's national team, uh, Abby Wambach turned some heads when she she said she won't play uh, for the NWSL this season. Um, Are you surprised by this at all? I mean, what do you make of, of her making this announcement?
1: I don't think it's a huge deal in the grand scheme of things because if you think about it, the Women's World Cup is right around the corner. That's what she's focused on. She doesn't want to go getting hurt in some random league game when she can train and prepare the, the, the women, the women's world cup camp is just like, you know, what is it? A couple months away. So mm-hmm. I, I can't blame her at this point in her career. She's obviously taken so much abuse physically as she needs to, you know, she needs to kind of conserve herself for this world cup. Uh, mm-hmm. I know NWSL is not going to be happy about it, but uh, you can understand why at this point in, in her career, mm-hmm. she wants to do something else. And maybe after the women's world cup, she wants to go to Europe. Uh, But I do think it's interesting that there are reports now that that uh, claim, uh, suggesting that that she's not alone. That they're gonna be a, there's going to be a wave of of, of U.S. women kind of taking a similar route, or they're going to ready to retire, step away, uh, step away from the NWSL, N- N- and that and that's you know y- you wonder how that league is going to be able to handle that uh, in a year when they're supposed to be getting ready to to ride the momentum off the Women's World Cup. So we'll see how it goes. But at the end of the day, new players come along. And it'll be an opportunity for some new, new stars to, to step forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and finally, Ivis,
0: the USL begins play this weekend. I know Sacramento kicks off their action against Seattle Sounders 2 and Charleston Battery and Toronto FC 2 will be playing this weekend. New season for USL, Ivis. Lots of teams. Going to be a lot more interest this year with a lot of uh, MLS teams having, that sec- uh, having uh, uh, the teams in USL this season.
1: Uh, absolutely, and I think it's great. I think it's great. I think this it, it, that added interest in USL, I think, is going to help the league as a whole. I think they have a lot of ambitions, ambitious plans going forward mm-hmm. in the USL. So I, I think it's going to be a good year for that. It, it, I, obviously, it's going to be a good year for that league, and I think you're going to see a lot more people get interested in it, and hopefully, it increases the level of play. Uh, you know, not not to say it, it, it's terrible, but it, it's obviously a notch, clearly a notch below MLS. And a lot of people would say a notch below NASL. We'll see if they close that gap and if they can produce a product that gets American fans on board.
0: I agree. I think I, look, I think people pay attention to it, Ivis. It's only going to help out the league, help out players grow. Lots of positives. Um, well, Ivis, with that, that ends today's SBI show. Before I let you go for the day, I think we covered all the bases.
1: Yes, we did uh so much to talk about uh crazy crazy week behind, it was a busy uh, behind, week beh- behind us and a crazy week ahead i mean mm-hmm. you have the, the 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 rivalry weekend on sunday alone uh, i'm probably gonna be on my tablet watching madrid barcelona at yeah at red bull arena getting ready to see if 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 the red bulls fans uh, boo jesse marsh or just walk out of the stadium uh I, I think that's gonna you know we'll see how it goes this this is gonna be a fun week man i'm excited
0: yeah i'm looking forward to it too man it's gonna be a look i'm just excited that we have national team game next week too it's just like that we're five days away five days away from the u.s playing denmark it's uh it's great it's great uh wyvis well, i'm gonna let you go man you have a good rest of the day and uh and we'll touch base uh we'll touch base after uh, after mls week three yes sir and as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. That is Ivan Skolarstep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is The SBI Show.